Welcome to It's Called a Tasting. And it's classy. Today is December 16th, 2023. This is episode number 10. Yes. 10. We made it to 10. Uh, and it's only been like a month since we did our last one, so we're doing pretty good. My name's Kevin. I'm Liz. All right. Welcome back. A few things have been happening since we met last time. Anything you want to talk about in particular? No, I think I started my new job, which has been fun. We had Thanksgiving here, or I should say Friendsgiving, as our kids now call it. It was pretty uneventful, I would say, except for our illnesses. Oh, no. Number one on my list is your allergies. Oh, yeah. But we talked about my allergies last... Oh, we talked about the, the episode. We talked about me going to the hospital. Was that in the last episode? Yes, sir. It happened the Thursday before we did the podcast. Hold on. I have notes. Oh, I think we did. You're right. All right, back to Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. So Friendsgiving was awesome as always, uh, except for the one thing. You got really, really sick. And it was not COVID. It was some kind of upper respiratory infection. And it lasted two weeks. Yeah, there's some two-week cold that's going on right now. Uh, you're just getting over yours. Yep. But yeah, I, I hit me. started to hit me on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, I really started to feel it. And then... I was down for like another week after that. Uh, didn't go back to work until Tuesday. Actually, I didn't even go into the office on Tuesday. I stayed home, working from home another week, but missed Thanksgiving with friends and family. Missed... Uh, Allie. Yeah, missed Allie. She was in town. We didn't really do a whole lot with her. And then Saturday, missed the Buckeyes game with everyone. Yeah. So it was it was really disappointing, um, especially since I knew work was going to get really busy for you know the couple weeks after. And in fact, it's still busy now, but... Yeah, I was just disappointed that I didn't have that downtime, that break before going into that. Really looking forward to this. And it was a really good time with Allie. It was probably the first time that she really, I think, she showed appreciation for her family and what we do for her and spent a lot of time with us. Uh, we cooked all day long on Thursday. Uh, she took time out and just had made cookies with her brother and just lots of fun. It was just an amazing time with her. She's grown up so much in the last few months. The only other thing I want to talk about that's happened in the last month is is the crew games, right? So Columbus Crew was in the MSL, MSL, MLS playoffs, and they, they made it all with the championship game and won. But during that process, I spent some time going to the bars. Um, I went to their a semifinal game by myself, right? I invited a couple other people to go, and Liz was going to go with me, bailed at the last minute. I still went. Uh, Scott showed up for a little bit, but... It was weird. They won the game, of course, um, in a comeback fashion, which is hard to do on the road in soccer. But I had a blast being there by myself. I, it was one of the best nights I've had. It was the best night I've had by myself in a long time. But that was fun. So then the following week, they were in the finals. And then a couple guys came and, and showed up and went to the game with me. Or well, not to the game, but to the bar to watch the game. But it was a good time. Yep. All right. Anything else from the last month? Nope. Just the new job. So tonight we are drinking a 2021 Yalumba Viognier. Viognier is the name of the grape. Uh, this is a little different from what we usually do because this was Metza's white wine for September. You're looking at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about. No, no. I tried it back then. I didn't decide to review it as part of this, but loved it so much that I ordered six more bottles. Actually, I went back into the store and I picked up the last two bottles, and I think I ordered six more after that, just so we have some laying around for a while. Getting ahead of myself here, but it's the it's my favorite white probably ever so far. So we're, we're taking it and we're putting it on this to take time to review it and discuss it. So this wine comes to us from Australia, right? I think we all know where Australia is, but one thing we 
typically forget, I think, a lot is Australia. We usually think of as just that company, but it also includes that small island of Tasmania off to the southeastern side of it. You're right. I didn't. I completely forgot they do have that. That's yeah, that's part of Australia. Australia is three million square miles. Relatively, the U.S. is 3.8 million square miles. So right by far exceeding the highest state in that comparison. If you take out Alaska, it brings it pretty close. It would be 3.1 million square miles to three. So Australia is roughly the size of the continental United States, right? We're not going to count Hawaii. It's Hawaii is next to nothing out in the middle of the Pacific. Uh, there are 27 million people in Australia. That would make it the third most populous U.S. state just behind Texas at 29 million. Capital is Canberra. They have about a half million people there. And that's in the southeastern part of the continent near the coast. In fact, we actually have a street here in town named Canberra. And I don't remember if it's street or drive or whatever. Where is that at? Well, because it's a capital of the world, and I'm not sure you've ever connected this. Do you know there's a section of town where all the streets are named after capitals of the world? No. Where is that at? It's Huber Ridge. Really? Well, if you're driving down Dempsey, right, you have Paris Boulevard. Oh, you're right. Right off there. Yep. Cairo, Buenos Saigon, Aires. Stockholm. There's Buenos Aires down there. Yeah. So all capitals from the, the world. Canberra is one of them. Um, again, half a million people there. Sydney is the largest city in, in Australia with 5.3 million people. That is on the southeastern coast of Australia, about 150 miles from Canberra. It would be the second largest city in the United States behind New York City. New York City is at what? Why are you? <laughs> I'm giggling because when you say Sydney, all, in, all I can think in my head is that scene from uh, Finding Nemo. Sydney. Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the musical, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, so again, that's 5.3 million people there in the city. New York's at 8.3 million, LA's at 3.8 million, so it's right between them. The first order of organization in Australia is called a... State. It is a state. Woo! Yep, I honestly didn't... I was expecting provinces for some reason. There are six states in Australia. New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, Tasmania, Victoria, and Western Australia. Western Australia is the largest at 1 million square miles, and Tasmania is the smallest at just 35,000 square miles. That 1 million square miles would make it nearly twice the size of Alaska. Wow. Yeah, so it's pretty much the western third of the entire continent. Or, you know, relatively in the United States, if you drew a north-south line probably around where Colorado and Kansas meet, okay, it would be the western side of the United States. That's all one state. Wow. Uh, 35,000 square miles for Tasmania puts it pretty much the same size as Indiana, which is 38th in the U.S. Inhabitants date back fifty to 65,000 years ago. They are now known as Indigenous Australians. Why? So this caught me off guard because growing up, we were always told that we called them Aborigines. Right. Right? And I could not find that term in documentation anywhere. I get the impression, I didn't go digging too far, I get the impression they went through kind of that cultural shift of, we're not going to call them Indians anymore, right? They're now Native Americans. They're now Indigenous Australians. Okay. So... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Australia was actually like the, uh, they put inmates and lesser people from Europe to Australia, correct? Not, yes, but we're not there yet. This is oh. fifty to 65,000 years ago. Oh, okay. Right. My bad. And the other thing that I recall from elementary school is they always said the Aborigines were the, or <laughs> indigenous Australians were the oldest known form of man in the world. Really? Yeah. I thought that what came from like the the Asia area. Uh, modern human, man as we are today. Okay, we came are, from Asia. We are Homo sapien. We are not Homo erectus or whatever the other ones are. Okay, so Homo Homo sapiens came from the Asia area. And I guess this would still be true. 
Yeah, the piece that confused me is we did the one last time from Spain where you talked about people being in Spain 1.2 million years ago. No, that's all right. Yeah, up to 1.2 million years ago. Is that right? That was right, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. But it... Different form of human 1.2 million years ago. Okay. So maybe it is true. Maybe indigenous Australians are the oldest form of modern man, homo sapiens. I don't know. See, this is we're going to have to go back and look. But they've been there 50 to 65,000 years. European discovery occurred by the Dutch in 1606. Okay. Really, we know next to nothing about Australia before 1606, right? Right. Other than Aboriginal people lived there. Aboriginal was a term that was still used. What does Aboriginal mean? Of Aborigine. Okay. I went down a rabbit hole because this blew my mind. Related to Australia, but not the winery or even the region we're discussing. Are you familiar with the Batavia wreck? Shipwreck? No. Okay. Neither was I. So Australia was discovered in 1606. The Batavia is a ship that first set sail in 1628, so 22 years later. And it had a shipwreck in 1629. And I'll go through that because it got twisted and interesting really fast. Okay. Ship set sail in 1628. In 1629, I think it was May-ish, the commander and skipper, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, captain and first mate because it was a merchant vessel. Okay. So captain and skipper had known each other prior to setting sail. They had some tension between the two of them because apparently when the skipper was drunk at one point, the commander dressed him down in front of other commanders. What do you mean dressed him down? Criticized him openly. Okay. Right? So the skipper has kind of a grudge against the captain. So on the Commander. This, yes. <laughs> it's probably not the first time or last time I'm going to do that. So on this voyage, the skipper and the junior merchant made a plot to take over the ship. Okay. So the, it goes commander, skipper, junior merchant. A junior merchant was just a person on the ship. I don't think that was the... He was third in command. Okay. Right. Again, this is a merchant ship. The merchants have more power, I guess. It's not a military ship. The idea between the skipper and the junior merchant is they were going to convince some of the crew to sexually assault a woman on the ship. She was going to complain to the commander. The commander was going to reprimand the crew. And the skipper was going to try to start a mutiny by claiming the captain, not captain, commander, was being too harsh on the crew and they needed to remove him from power. So the sexual harassment did occur, which they don't say, but I assume that means rape. The captain did find out about it, right? The woman was able to say these are the people that did it. Count captain, commander. But before discipline could be handed down to crew, the ship ran aground off the west coast of Australia and wrecked. Okay, so the ship is no longer sailable. No, it went down, yeah. Like completely down, crews lost. Yeah, I think lost like 100,000 silver coins in the process. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah they, they said the treasure is pretty extensible for the ship. Uh, and the reason they had that much money is because the ship was sailing looking for spices and they wanted to be able to buy them. Okay. When the ship wrecked, there were 320 people on board. About 280 of them made it to a nearby island. So lost roughly 40 people. Commander left pretty soon with a small crew to find water and get help. And when he did, he left the skipper in charge. I'm going to make an assumption there that he didn't know the skipper had anything to do with the sexual assault charge. Actually, knowing what I know now, he probably didn't even do it. Just convinced other people to do it. Skipper immediately starts making plots to hijack any ship that comes to rescue them. Oh, really? Like, this could be a movie. Oh, this could definitely be a movie. He places all the food and weapons under his control. Okay. He sends a small group of soldiers that he feels 
could stand up to him to a nearby island to look for water with the intent of never getting them back. He says, when you find water, send a smoke signal and then you can come back. Oh, so he really just never wanted them to come back, period. Right. Okay. Uh, The skipper starts having people murdered, right? And he's not actually doing the murdering. He's convincing other people, his henchmen, to do it for him. The actual thought there is a bit logical. He recognizes there's so many supplies. He wants to make sure they have enough stuff to be able to survive, to make it till they get rescued. So has his henchmen start murdering people. It gets out of control. The henchmen start murdering people for fun. Whoa. About 110 people are murdered. So they had like 280 people left. Yeah, let's, I don't know how many. Let's say 20 went on the mission to go find water and get help. Okay. And then they killed off 110 of them. So half of everybody that was left died at the hands hands of this skipper and his henchmen. Right. About that time, the soldiers that were on the nearby island looking for water have found water. They found food. They're about to send a smoke signal when people from the first island have made it their way and start bringing news that the skipper and his henchmen are murdering all the people. So the skipper and his henchmen also get word that they do have the water and food over there. So they say, we're going to go mountain attack, right? So they, they go over to the island. They twice try to overthrow the soldiers, but because those soldiers have had food and water, they're able to, to withstand it and fight back and, and win. And that's when the rescue ship shows up. Oh, what? Oh my God, this would be a really neat movie. So rescue ship shows up. Commander that you know left gets word of what happened. The rescue ship can't carry back all the people and the prisoners, which is actually interesting in hindsight because they didn't know that they were going to be prisoners, right? They should have known, hey, I just have, you know, 250 people to rescue. So I don't know why they didn't have room. Maybe they couldn't afford a bigger ship. But they know they're coming. Well, I don't think they're buying a ship, but they know they're coming back to rescue people. They know how many people, but they don't have room. Either way, they don't have enough people. So they take the skipper and his henchmen over a tier nearby island and execute them. Okay. All of them were hanged, but before hanging, they also had their hands cut off. What? Why? I don't know. Probably custom at the time because, I don't know. That's interesting. So not all of his henchmen were executed, but the ones that were taken prisoner were put on the boat and brought back for trial. On the ride back, they were flogged, key-hauled, and dropped from the yard yard arm. What is key-hauled? I didn't know this either, but I did look it up. So they, it's when they tie them around a rope and they drop them just off the edge of the boat on the back. And because the boat is moving and the way uh, the Bernoulli effect works, even though that's air, it's still the same. It, it keeps the body up on top of the water and they have it tied so that the body keeps slamming into the sides of the boat. And the boats aren't as clean as we keep them now. So there's barnacles attached to the boat. And they said it's usually either a death sentence or at the very least you're coming back barely cut up or very cut up. And you're probably getting infections and dying later anyway. Oh, my God. Uh, Drop from the yard arm is just taking them up on the mast, tying a rope around them. And dropping them. Dropping them in the water. But they're pulling back up and do it again. Oh, my. So these are all torture methods in, in order to try and get people to talk. How are they not dying from that? They said some did. Good night. And then lastly, the junior merchant that was helping in the plot was broken on the wheel on the way back. I didn't even know what this meant. I had to look it up. So it still doesn't make a ton of sense. But broken on the wheel seems to be tied down in an X. And they actually have a giant, it looks like to be a wooden wheel that they use to smash bones 
and then because it's a wheel, so they roll over. So they said they start at the shins, work their way up the legs, then they start on the arms. But he was broken at the wheel, never confessed to being a part of the plot. Um, so he was never um, sent to prison for anything because there was no evidence to prove he did anything. But he had nothing left of his body. Potentially, yeah. Oh, my God. That Nobody knows what happened to him after they got back. I can see how you went down a rabbit hole with this. That's super interesting. Yeah. How and, did we get onto this? Oh, we were talking about Australia. Just history. Australia in general. And shortly after it was founded, a Dutch ship crashed how, off the West Coast. That's how the Europeans came to Australia, is what you said. Not entirely, but we'll get to that. So ultimately, 320 people. Was that right? 320? Yep. Originally set sail. 40 of them. Three, 322 set sail. Ultimately, in the end, there were 122 survivors. <laughs> wow. 200 people died. 40 of those were drownings. 160 were murder, hanging, executions. Tortures. I'm sure the murders were some torture as well. The ship was recovered in 1973. Oh, neat. It took them that long to estimate where it probably was and then go pull it up. In fact, interestingly enough, the Dutch have signed over all shipwrecks to Australia. So any Dutch ship that is sunk in the Australian waters, they have said, go ahead, Australia, you own it. But of course, you're a job to go dig it up. That's really cool. That would be an amazing story to tell. I think so. Back on track, though. After losing the American colonies in you know 1776 with the Revolutionary War, uh, the British government decides to settle in New South Wales in 1788. All right, so this is going to be our, our new colony is what they're saying. At that point, the indigenous population declined for the next 150 years due to infectious diseases. Oh, that came from Europe. Yep. Just like they did in North America. Probably. I'm sure they did. It's one of the things we just glaze over here in America. Yep. We killed off a lot of the Native Americans with flu and infection. Yep. Um, it says thousands also died from conflict with settlers. And at this point is when many convicts were sent from Europe to Australia. Once we started, or the, well, we, once Britain started these colonies, mm. right? Uh, and they were sent there to be servants for the settlers. They weren't sent there to be in prison. Oh, the other five colonies, again, New South Wales is the first one. Other five colonies were established between 1825 and 1859. All colonies gained independent independence between 1855 and 1890. Okay. And what I mean is... From Europe. Actually, they were still part of Britain. They were under the British Empire at that time, but they became their own colonies. And they were all unique. They weren't Australia at that point. It was the colony of New South Wales, the colony of South Australia, the colony of Northern Territory. So how did it become the... We'll get there. In 1895, South Australia was the first electorate government in the world to grant women the right to vote and also run for office. Wow. 1895. It only took us, what? It's another 60, 20 years, years after that. Women's suffrage wasn't until the 40s or 50s. Hey, Google, how long have women been able to vote in America? Here's something else. According to Library of Congress, since 1878, a women's suffrage amendment had been proposed each year in Congress. In 1919, the suffrage movement had finally gained enough support, and Congress, grateful for women's help during the war, passed the 19th Amendment on June 5th. 1920. Okay. Yeah, so 25 years. I was off by five. So the Commonwealth of Australia was established in 1901, right? So then it became its own country, but still part of the British Empire. Okay. They did fight in both World War I and World War II. Uh, they believed a Japanese invasion was imminent during World War II, and that's when they started to shift their defensive alliance from Britain to the United States. Okay. So since I think 1951, we have been their primary ally for security. Oh, I didn't know that. 
after World War II ended, they strongly encouraged immigration from Europe after the wars to start populating the rest of the country. Okay. Again, they're not huge. They're still at 27 million people, slightly less than Texas. All right. The government is a federal parliamentary and constitutional monarchy. So just like Europe. Pretty close. In fact, they, their government seems to be closer to the United States, except they still respect the British monarchy. So Canada. King Charles. Well, I mean, actually Britain, though. King Charles is the king of Australia. But they have a constitutional democracy? Constitutional monarchy, So, which is exactly what England has. I, just, I don't know what that means other than recognizing that there's a monarchy here, but they don't actually do anything. They're just a figurehead. But King Charles of England right now yeah. is the same king of Australia right now. I get that. Okay. I absolutely get that. I just don't understand the point of... The monarchy? Yeah. I don't know. They get lots of money for doing nothing. It's... What am I looking for? It's Britain's version of... Not reality TVs. Uh, what's the word we put with the Kardashians? They want to be famous for doing nothing. Influencers? I mean, they are influencers, but something else. It doesn't matter. Okay. Government from Australia is similar to ours. They have the same three branches of government. Executive, judicial, and I didn't write it down, so I'm drawing a blank. Legislative? Yeah. Also have a Senate and House of Representatives. The states are led by governors. States may pass legislature on education, criminal law, state police, health, transport, and local government, whereas parliament is not allowed to permit laws based on those. So they can't declare at the federal level laws for education, criminal law, police. Health or welfare. Et cetera. Yeah. It's up to the state. I like it. I, not transport. Like Our transport exists. Well, maybe it could be easier to get things done. I don't know. But our infrastructure for transportation exists because of the federal government. Hmm. Then why are they so drastically different from state to state? They're not. What are you talking about? The interstates are the federal government. They own those. I know, but the, their upkeep is drastically different. Oh, I don't know. It's probably how the state decides to allocate the money. I mean, it's it's just like our work. If you can do something and get it done for cheaper, sometimes we're going to, right? Whether it's the right thing or not. Oh, and of course, commonwealth law still prevails as necessary, right? So the states can't make any laws that contradict federal law. Same thing here. The state that we're going to talk about with this wine is South Australia. South Australia was claimed by Britain in 1788, settled in 1834, and established in 1836. Has 1.8 million people, which would be, or it is the fifth largest state by population in Australia. For the United States, it would be around the 38th state. It's almost identical to Idaho. Okay. And it's 400,000 square miles large, which makes it the third largest state for Australia. It would be second for the United States. It's one and a half times the size of Texas. Adelaide is the capital, having 1.4 million people, and it's, it's on the coast. Again, we didn't talk about it, but South Australia is, of course, the south of the continent, but it's also right in the middle. Right, so if you divide it into thirds, east to west, it would be the southern middle third. Okay. Adelaide is all the way at the bottom of that on the coast. Most of the area is arid with growth available only near the southern shore. So where's this winery then situated? Down by the shore. Okay. So aside from the, the desert climate where most of it's arid, which does get up to like 120, 130 degrees during the daytime in the summer, the southern climate down by the coast is described as Mediterranean. It's a very agriculture-heavy state where most their principal exports are wheat, wine, and wool. And we're getting there. This wine comes to us from the Barossa Valley within that region. It was founded by both Brits and Germans. Okay. It has a very strong Lutheran presence. Lutheran, the religion. Okay. Well, Germans are there. I know, but it just seems odd. Why? I don't know. It just... I don't picture Australia having that uh, Lutheran or Catholic presence. I don't know why. It's interesting going through all, all this because they are very much the America on the other side of the hemisphere, 
northern southern hemisphere. The world has only really known about them for 200 years, maybe 250, right? Because, yes, there were natives there beforehand, but not documented well, not industrious like the Europeans were at the time, right? And then they became a melting pot, right? After World War II, Australia is saying, please come to our country. Well, that's kind of the opposite of America. But <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Oh, and I thought it was funny. So this seemed like an oddball note, but it struck me uh, that the only sub-regional wine competition in the entire country for Australia is in this valley, and it's hosted at a Lutheran church, (laughs) which seems like a very Ohio thing to do, right? Largest export for the valley is wine, of course, primarily Shiraz. That's their number one. Really? But in addition, they also have Riesling, Semelin, S-E-M-I-L-L-O-N. This one I didn't actually click on. I should have. Grenache and Cabernet Sauvignon. They produce German breads, pastries, meats, and cheeses. The weather for the valley itself, not the dry, arid place, but the valley, is 70s and 80s in the summer, and then 60s for the winter. So it's very temperate all year round. Oh, that would be awesome. Let's go visit there. The highs are nice, but I, I was looking at their weather today, because it's the only place I could get this information. Today was like a high of 80, which is great, but the low is 70. So I don't know, but I'm going to assume the humidity was up. I don't know. But yes, based on this wine, I would... Definitely want to, well, not definitely want to go visit there. All right, so the winery itself is in the town of Engaston. It's about the size of Pemberville, and it's one of the largest towns in the valley. Okay. It's like 2,000 wow. people. It's 50 miles from the, the capital of the state, which is Adelaide. It's a family-owned winery that's since 1849. It's had six different generations owning and operating it. It's located in the Brosa Valley, which we've been talking about. Good job. It does have an estate on it that looks like a stone castle has brick walkways, a patio, and stonewall edging, vines covering parts of the building and shading the patio, right? So mm. they, right, they have that, you know, wooden open canopy like my parents have on their patio. Like on a the pergola. Deck. But instead of putting the sheet over it. They have vines. They have vines growing. I bet that keeps in a little bit of the, the moisture so it's a little cool when it, it gets cold, like chilly. The dampness probably keeps it cooler down there. With the stone oh, and the, the patio, yeah. Probably, yeah. Uh, they do have a large bar inside with tables and chairs and couches. They make a ton of wine, and we're going to list them. So they first they tout their Cabernet Shiraz. Ooh. They mix a Shiraz with a Cabernet Sauvignon. Ooh. Let's find that one. But beyond that, they also make... Yeah, sure, we'll go look. They also make Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Grenache, GSMs, Grenache Blanc. Ooh, I've never had a Grenache Blanc. Right, which I assume is back to our very first episode we did with the orange wine, where if you press the grapes but remove the skin immediately, it's not going to turn red. Probably. Even if it's yeah. red. Grenache Sangiovese, or no, Sangiovese. This one I did look up pronunciation. S-A-N-G-I-O-V-E-S-E. I don't think I've ever had that either. Sangiovese. Merlot, Pinot Grigio, Pinot Noir, Riesling, Roussan, Sangiovese, <laughs> Shiraz, Shiraz Viognier. So Shiraz mixed with this one. Ooh. Sauvignon Blanc, and Tempranillo. So they make everything. Yeah, pretty much everything. So this is their major export is wine. Oh, yeah, for the valley. Yeah. They classify their winemaking as both vegan and organic. I'm sure. Uh, You can go there and tour and taste wine. Oh, that would be fun. On the southern coast of Australia. Yeah, we'll get there soon. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's not near Sydney. I don't know how far it would be to go from Sydney, but probably at least a full half-day trip, if not a full day. Probably. And we'd spend a couple days there, probably. Actually, I'm going to go larger. I'm going to go... Two-day trip. It's probably like going from New York to Kansas City. Oh, yeah. But if you think about it, if we go from Sydney, which is on the far east side, and have to go a third of the way through or... It's pretty two, much halfway yeah, across halfway. the country. Yeah, you're right. Probably a good, good two-day trip. All right. So let's start talking about the wine finally. Sorry. Actually... Can I talk about the, the label, though, a little m- bit? You may not. Oh. 
I tried to do a little better with this one since it's not Cabernet Sauvignon or one of these common grapes we always hear. So this grape is a Vonier. I know we're talking about Australia here, but just for reference, it's the only grape permitted for the French wine conjure in the Rhone Valley. If you want to get that certification, you can only grow this one in that area. No other grapes will be certified. Oh. It almost became extinct in 1965. Extinct from Australia or extinct period? Period. Wow. Why? Good question. It was due to phylloxera introduced from North America. And we talked about this in one of the previous episodes. They're the, uh, the aphids. They're pretty look alike aphids who just come and, and feast. Oh, yeah. They're insects, right? They come yeah. and feast on the plant itself. And then abandonment due to, because this was only in France at the time, abandonment due to the world wars in the area. People had just abandoned their, their wineries. wineries. It was down to just eight acres of this grape left in the world. Wow. Producing 1,900 liters annually. Wow. Yeah, we almost lost this grape. Wow. And it's one of my favorites ever. Um, it is difficult to grow. It's subject to powdery mildew, which is a fungal disease. And it's one of these where you pick it too early, it's going to lose its aroma and taste. You pick it too late, and it's going to become oily and, and lack smell. does better in, in long, warm growing seasons. And there's been extensive planting worldwide since the 90s with this grape, where now Australia and California are some of the largest producers of it. Hmm. Well, that's good for you. Yep. All right. So what does the bottle look like? All right. So the bottle is, a, of course, it's a green bottle with a basic white and Interesting enough is they have a Y as their namesake, and all their wines have this Y on their their labels. It stands for their winery name. It doesn't stand for their winery name in this case. I think most of their bottles do have that Y on it, but in this case, it's this line is called their Y series. I know. So, But all the different types of their wines that are in this series have the same Y but different colors to map. To match, and the label itself is the exact same, and the font that is used is the same. It's just different colors based on what type of wine you have. I'm pretty sure all the wines. So they they're another winery that has a lot of series as well. They have you know your high end series. I don't know you know what you would call those, but a bunch of different levels of wine product, including the type of wine it is itself. Right, so you can go buy Viognier and some other level as well. Pay more. I don't think there was a less. I'm pretty sure each one of those bottles also had the same wine. Yes, it's part of that series and part of it. Those aren't all the same series, though. They're not the Y series in that case. The Y stands for the winery and the family that built this. The Y doesn't stand for the family. The family is the Hill Smith family. Okay, so I looked that up wrong then. And the leaf imprint in the back is the leaf from the wine, or the grape itself. Oh, cool. Do you want to guess how much alcohol it has in it, or do you want me to tell you? Quite a bit of legs. I don't see any legs. Really? I don't. I really don't. Watch. It leaves a film, and you can see the different swirls. Maybe, maybe a little bit. What's the rule of thumb? Lots of legs is... More alcohol. Less legs, less alcohol. I'm going to put it at 12 and a half. You just said it has legs, and then you put it at 12 and a half? Mm-hmm. 12 and a half would be low alcohol for wine. Really? I thought it was between 11 and 13 and a half. Would you say low, medium, or high? How about that? Medium. I would call it a medium. It's at 13 and a half percent. So the entire bottle has about the same amount of alcohol as five and a half beers. What's the color and thickness? You're going to think it's weird how I'm going to describe this. It has a normal pale yellow with a hint of green in it. No, that's fine. I, you're, I think a stereotypical white wine would be a good description. It's not dark. It's not orange. It's not... Right. It has a slight green hint to it, and I don't know if it's just the grape or... It's really nice. It's not... There's no bubblies. It's very... I don't know. What does it smell like? I smell floral. Agreed. I want to say green apple. Okay. Let's taste it even though we've tasted it before. 
to be clear, we, we've already identified yep. that we've had this wine before, but your reaction is, ooh, I thought you didn't like it. It might be because I had that red beforehand. Okay. It was a little crisper. I think it do taste floral. I can't pick out any fruits that I taste. I would agree. It's florally. Flowery? I don't know. Is it sweet, dry, or somewhere in between? It leans more sweet, but it's rather dry. Yeah, that's, I would say right in the middle. Is it bitter or acidic? I don't think no. it's either one. Maybe a hint of acidity, or maybe it's this next one. Is it tart? It is. I think it does. A scale of one to ten, tartness is? Probably a six or a seven. I'll see. I would have gone more like three. I don't think it's that tart. Is it smooth, crisp? Have a bite. I think it's somewhere in between smooth and crisp. No bite. No bite. It's crisp. All right. What would you eat with it? Salads. Okay. Like a summer salad with berries and with green apples and walnuts and a sweet, like a sweet slaw dressing. I do know the answer because I had to go through and write it down today. It doesn't list this, but I think it's along those lines. Chicken pad thai. Oh, I can see that because it has a little heat to it. This will lessen it. Oh, see, I don't think chicken pad thai usually has heat. I asked for the heat added. The one at Thai Grill has heat to it. What score would you give it? One to five. Well, zero to five, really. It's a three or a three five for me. It's I can drink it. It's not blow my socks off for you, but you're a white drinker. No, I'm both. In fact, we've said I typically prefer red to white, but this is my four or five for white, 4.5, right? And we said four and higher is I'm going to run back out to the store and get it. And I literally did that, right? And then ordered another six bottles. So this is my 4.5. Actual flavor profile, you ready? Yep. Orange blossom with fresh ginger. And this comes to us directly from the winery, by the way. I can taste the ginger. Hints of honeysuckle and white flowers. Fresh apricot, white tea, dried figs, and fennel. What's Oh, you said fennel's in licorice? Yes. Aha. Pairing is harissa chicken. I didn't know what that was. I had to go look at it. I'm sure it's more common in Australia. Uh, so harissa, H-A-R-I-S-S-A, is a hot chili pepper paste. See, that's why I'm saying. I think it's a hot, it goes with a hot dish and it cools off your mouth. So harissa chicken or crispy rice pancakes with potato and chickpeas. That actually sounds pretty yummy. I don't remember what else I was looking at, but somebody else recommended spicy foods. I can see that. Which also might be why this is right up my alley. Right. Hmm. Actual vino score. And you said what? I gave it a 3.5. You're going to give it a 3.5? Mm-hmm. Okay. I give it a 4.5. Actual vino score is 3.6. Which I'm disappointed because it's one of our lower rated wines we've tasted while doing these, but it's my favorite. All right. Did you look through the questions for today? I could not find them. I don't know where you put I them. texted you them yesterday. Texted me them. I looked for a Google Doc. I looked for an email. I looked for... Oh, we're going to do this on the fly then. Just yeah. keep your phone down. Oh. This is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and there are 11. Okay. 11 D. <laughs> I was just going to say that. We did not do any introductions. So our topic for tonight... Today is December 16th. This is our last one of these. We're doing this for the year. I hate calling it a podcast for some reason. This is the last conversation you and I are having recorded for the year. And the year is 2023. Yeah, we, well, we covered the date on the front. Yeah. We're going to talk about, or we're going to take or answer 11 questions about 2023. Number one. Not rapid fire though, right? Not rapid fire. We're going to go back and forth. What was your New Year's resolution for 2023? Oh, was to get healthy and lose enough weight to hit a normal BMI. Okay, so let's, well, don't shake your head. Let's use words, reflect on that. Yeah, that didn't happen. I got better, got much better, got a lot more controlled, had a lot more ups and downs emotionally than I needed to and had a lot more things going on in my life. I'm not using them as excuses. 
I'm just saying those contributed to me not hitting that target, but I didn't make it worse, I should say. I did improve. So part of my new resolution would be just to, to capitalize on the good behaviors I established. Yep. So open, honest conversation. I think based on what you've told me, you're down 5% since July. Is that really? Yeah. You're really down 5% yet from July. So yeah. good. You lost 5% of your body weight. That's still something to celebrate, right? Right. Okay. My, I don't think I even shared with you, my New Year's resolution for 2023 was to work on friendships. Oh, I think you killed it. You think? Uh, in some regards, in some not. Going into year, the year, it was in general, I wanted to spend more time hanging out with people without you as well. So I don't know if you remember, it was January or February, I, I went up and I took Kelly to coffee for an hour or two. And it was just the two of us talking, which is great. That was the kind of like the type of thing I wanted to do. I just wanted to do it more throughout the year with more people. I did want to get back up there and, and do that. Maybe not necessarily exactly that, but I wanted to spend more time with Kelly this year than I did. Additionally, I mean, at the same time, Scott, you know, Tootsies invited me to go on a hike with him, right? And that was that was some good open conversation. I think he's one of the people I really want to spend more time with because I think he's along the same wavelength I am. Right? I would agree. I, I think he and I would connect really well, but we just don't take the time to sit down and meet one-on-one. Or even when we do have real conversations, right? Because that's what guys do. But friendships was the big one. I think you really st stretched yourself out with this whole crew thing. Going to the bar on your own, doing that on your own. I thought it was amazing. And I was so proud of you for doing that. I went to the bar by myself. Yay. <laughs> no, it was. it's just not what you do. You don't go out and just talk to random people. That's just not your jam. I still didn't. Uh, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I did this small talk thing with random people, but not there were no deep conversations. In fact, there were no deep conversations all night, but I did hang out with you know our usual bar people <laughs> that are there. So what did you tell me that the bartender said all knew you or said hi to you as you're coming in and out or? Oh, yeah, that was the second game when that, that's the one that made me feel weird because Chris and, and Scott were already or no, Chris was there already. Yeah, as I got there and then as the bartenders noticed me, they would, you know, just do a little wave or, you know, a little head nod or something just to say hi. That's our second home. Um, <laughs> you good at that one? Yeah. All right. Question two, who were my most valuable relationships with? And I think this, this might be one that we an each answer better for the other person. I can name yours. Really? I think you reconnected with this person. It wasn't my most, I mean, yeah, I appreciated it. It wasn't my most valuable of the year. It was, eh, maybe it was up there. Yeah. I mean, so Chris is my closest friend. Again, we've talked about this before. The thing I don't like is that we never have real conversations, right? It's always... I didn't think it was Chris. You were going to say John. I know you were saying John. Yeah. I know what you meant. Oh. John was nice. Yeah, we have, especially since he's struggling, not struggling, but he's going through a rough situation at the moment. We are having more real conversations, which is nice. I want the real conversations, not the, you know, just see what happened in sports the other day. Uh, but that's fine, too. I would say two T's. Yeah, but he wouldn't fall into the most valuable for the for the year. Oh, most valuable. Most val Who's your MVP of relationships? Oh. I don't think that was the question, but who were my most valuable relationships with? You and I connected hardcore this I, year. That's the only thing I can... It, we really started getting back into our friendship instead of just husband and wife and partners in, in raising kids. We have got back into hanging out and having fun and, and just being kids again. I... I thought you and I were a given. I was wasn't even counting it to be oh. honest. <laughs> but Chris would be Chris would be my my next one. Is you guys have had some a couple times that you've gotten close. I mean, my most valuable relationships period. I would still put 
Chris there. We've had some open, honest conversations. Maymay. Maymay is definitely there. I it, think she she came out of the woodwork for you lately. She's a no, she's not a confidant. I don't tell her anything that's in secret, but she's cut from the same thread, so there's definitely a connection there. And then mine's easy. I mean, John's up there, but we go way back. Okay, what are yours? ML. Yeah, she was your most valuable for this year. By far, hands down. ML is my old boss. She has uh, gone through some struggles, the same struggles I have gone through. However, she gets my personality. She understands. She knows how to talk to me. She she can relate to me in a way that most people don't relate to me. So it was easier for me to take feedback and actually digest it. And she was a supportive. She was way more supportive than I've had in ever, I think, just an ear and somebody to be empathetic and not try to fix it for me. It was nice. And we turned out to be best like besties over the last few months. Yep. And then what blew my mind... Oh, we didn't talk about this, though. John is going... Who is Kevin's friend growing up? From high school? I I left this out on purpose. Really? Why? I don't know. I like it. I'm actually really good with it lately. She's really happy, so... John and John is going through some issues. Him and his wife are getting a divorce, and he has been on the dating apps and happened to stumble, or ML happened to stumble across his profile, and they have hooked up. And it's been two months now, and they haven't been happier. Yep. Okay. But ML is... It doesn't make me uncomfortable. I just don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like making you uncomfortable. It it does not. (laughs) Now, we were supposed to go to Drag Queen Bingo on Friday, and they went without us because I was sick. But next time. So Sherry is still in your circle of valuable. Oh right? yeah. She's hands down still my best friend. You're... We just went through some again, we've been together for 16, 17 years. We're going to have disagreements. I'm we're going to have conflicts and we'll work through them. And we're working through our last one. So, it was just different this year. She's going through her own works. And then I would say that Maymay and Annie would round out your valuable yeah. relationships. Yes. Those are those would be the answer to your next question then. Okay. The next question is who is someone I got to know better this year? Maybe and Annie. Yes. Okay. I'll buy it. Why wouldn't you buy it? I spend more time at Annie's house lately because of the dogs. Her and I have been talking a lot more. And Maymay, I just needed... how How did your relationship with those two evolve this year? I actually reach out to them. So we met them both through Sherry. And Sherry's our mutual connection. And we mostly hung out when Sherry was involved. Right. I actually went outside of those boundaries and reached out to them individually without involving Sherry or having a coordinated effort to involve Sherry. So that's why I'm saying there it's the new relationships that I had were I built those two as a standalone relationship. I can go to them mm-hmm. at any point in time and have nothing to do with Sherry. Okay. That's how they evolved. Yeah. yeah. All right. Maymay has been a mother figure and it's been kind of nice. She's a good sounding board for me. And Annie is just fun and different. And I enjoy hanging out with her. And the dogs, she got they got a puppy the same time we got a puppy. And the two play together all the time. They're like two peas in a pod. And besties would be a good term. Yeah, they are besties. So we get them together and we just talk it out for 15, 20 minutes every other day or so. And it's nice. You? It would be John. And again, sticking to that, how did your relationship evolve, right? So John, John was a high school friend of mine. We stayed, you know, hanging out 
and in touch through college. And it's really once we both started developing our own families, that's when things kind of, it didn't, didn't fall apart, but life happens. You just, you don't stay in touch with some people as close as you want to or should, which ties into the whole friendship thing for 2023, which is ironic. But yeah, where are we going with this? Oh yeah. So how did it evolve this year? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, looking at it through high school and college, we didn't really have many real conversations. The real conversations you have back then is, you know, what's the meaning of life? And I don't know, it's dick and fart joke, jokes all the time. But now this year, it was much more serious conversation, you know, a lot because of what he's going through. But then, you know, me just actually, I still haven't opened up as much as I, I want to and be transparent. It, it's just not I haven't taken the opportunity. You're a very closed person. Not on purpose. I, I want to share it. I just, Do you it, want to share? Oh, yeah. It depends on the mood of the environment. That's what it is. Okay. Right. Question four. So this one's me. Ah, see, we've already pretty much answered this one, too. Um, who do I wish I had gotten to know better this past year? And for me, this this one is, I think 2Ts was the person I was looking to get to know better this year. Actually, I think I would have preferred to get to know Julie a little more. Okay. I just think she has, she's brought up the same way I was brought up. Very stern, very strict. But she's very logical, and I just – I haven't really sat down and talked to her. We have Sunday night dinners together, but that's a group effort. And I do want to pull her into the fold of my friendship circle because she does balance out the different personalities we have. She's a very A-type, which is assertive and to the point, no bullshit, where the rest of my friends are very wishy-washy or catering. Huh? You don't think so? uh uh-uh. Elaborate. Uh, well, Sherry's conflict avoidant, but she's also type A. She's too passive aggressive for me. Okay. Yes. And Julie's not passive aggressive. She's just aggressive. And I like that. I appreciate that. She's, I, yeah, that's what I was thinking when you were saying she's very logical and but I she's, I, she's very mama bear. She is, but I appreciate that because that's yeah. my personality as well. And I don't surround myself with a lot of those people. And I think it would be something worthwhile to actually kind of get to know her a little more and just go out and hang out with her. And she does have a lot on her plate. And I would, I think she would appreciate a good ear every now and then. Sure. You? What? Me what? Who would you like? Oh, John? No, I said two T's. Two T's is the person I wanted to. And again, it's for the same reason. I think we're just, I don't think cut from the same cloth is the right term here, but there's a lot of similarities. We can discuss sports. We can nerd out together. Yes, you guys can nerd out. (laughs) It's actually kind of amusing. We can both discuss how much gravity the movie irritated us. And you both are open to trying new things on the fly sometimes, unlike the other two people in our, or other two guys that we're hanging out with on a normal. Do you think Scott's open to doing whatever? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. You think so? Oh, yeah. Like, let's go kayaking down the Sayota. He'd be in. Oh, yeah. I mean,. Not something I necessarily want to do, but if you know one of our core friends said, "Hey, I got a kayak. You want to go kayaking down the Sayota?" I'm in. I absolutely think so. I think One T and Chris would be like, "Eh." Yeah, Chris is always hesitant to do things. I don't know about One T. Maybe if it's, I don't know. You ready for the next one? Sure. This is your answer first. What was my single biggest time waster in life this past year? Oh my god, video games. Yeah, it's definitely video games. So, but let's not just say video games and and call it. Would you play this year? Dragon Age was a big one. Fortnite, Rocket League, a lot of phone apps. Oh, no, I did watch quite a bit of TV. I watched a lot of series this, this year. You also play video games while you're watching TV. Yeah, I do. 
I just can't shut my mind off. And and when I do want to shut it off and slow it down, it gets too boring. And then I'm just like, got to keep occupied. You're watching the wrong shows then. <laughs> All right. My biggest time waster was video games. Uh, what did I play this year? A lot of City Skylines. A lot of Both one and two. Minecraft. Some Kerbal. Yeah, we've been playing Minecraft hardcore for the last month now since we started New World with the kids. Yeah, not so much Kerbal. Kerbal had that release in March for the second version, and it's been garbage since. It's supposed to get better next week. You were super geeked out about that, too. Yeah. I've been playing a ton of Forza Motorsport in the last two months since it came out. It says I'm at 140 hours already. Holy crap! I don't think that's right. I think some of that is I just paused it and walked away for a bit. I can see 140 hours. Well, like I know there was at least one Sunday night dinner where I paused it, left the game running, and came back three hours later and picked it back up and kept playing, right? So there's, I think there's some of that in there. Okay. What? Three hours to 140 hours. That's just one example. <laughs> okay. it, it doesn't happen just at one time. I'm just trying to think of what else is installed. Like, I just put Cyberpunk back on the PC to try it out again. I just put Red Dead Redemption 2 back on just to mess around. I think those are the core games. Minesweeper. Yes, you have <laughs> Minesweeper never gets old. I know, it doesn't. This is my question. What was the biggest surprise of the year? I don't know. You go first. Mine was John, right? So we hung out with him and his wife in February, right? We were doing our L Trail tour. We did one near their house and said, hey, come meet us. We'll have drinks and we'll get our L Trail stamps there, which is great. We were trying to hang out again in late July, early August and sent something out. Why are you thumbing me down? Yeah, no, I'm saying they canceled like... Oh, yeah, I got that. Well, he didn't cancel. He said, hey, I need to talk. And this is all to be a text message, right? Hey, I need to talk. Are you going to be around either tonight or tomorrow night so I can call you? It's like, sure. But at the same time, I had that nervousness. Like, you know, as friends, we only, John, Corey, and I only call each other when something bad is going on. So my first thought was, you know. Something happened to Corey? (laughs) No, my first thought was his mom passed or she's not doing well or something. Something along those lines because she is fighting her own, what, Alzheimer's? Struggle? Alzheimer's. Um, but yeah, so he, he called me that night and said that things were going well with his wife and they're probably going to start divorce proceedings and all that. That was definitely my biggest surprise of the year. That that night felt like the night that Corey called us about Chris, except not as bad. Not near as bad. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine was the day that I got let go. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was completely unexpected, just life-altering. And if you haven't heard that one, that was the last podcast that we did. We talked about that. And I'm not going to regurgitate that because it's still a little raw for me, but it will be for quite a bit because it was... Years. It's going to be raw for... Maybe not raw. Raw is the wrong word. It's going to linger for years, maybe decades. All right, are we, are we done with that one that fast? Yeah, uh what else do you want me to say? I mean, I don't, that, that was I don't, just I don't. A... Okay. What was the most fun you had this year? This one's yours, I think. Or is it mine? I'm losing track already. If you need a minute, do you want me to go again? I do need a minute, but let's pour some more wine real quick. You're going to keep drinking this white? Yes. We can talk about a couple, but when I narrowed it down to my number one, I and this sounds really bad the way I'm going to label it, but I think it was dropping Allie off at school in Chicago. And it wasn't the dropping her off part. Oh, yeah. But that weekend was so much fun. We went to Second City and saw their main show that weekend, which was a blast. We went to Hollyo, which was an amazing restaurant. We Redhead. All, we still went to, yeah, Redhead Piano Bar was amazing. We still ate at the little Casa Baba Riba. Is yeah. That, no, Cafe Baba Riba. 
which is great food. It was just aside from you know the fact that we were dropping Allie off at school that weekend, it was a great four nights or so. Yeah, we went sightseeing. It was good weather. It was just wonderful. I agree. That was that was pretty good. Um, I think the other one would be New York when we took the kid took the kids to New York. Yeah, New York was more fun for me than Disney. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm yeah. done with Disney. We've had that conversation a lot. Not done. I'm just eh. burnout. And the prices I'm, the prices need to come down. That was just I'm tired. Ridiculous. Yes, I'm tired of being nickel and dimed. That was ridiculous. But yeah, New York was with all the kids was a blast. I think that was pretty close. I mean, I had great times at all the concerts we went to. I didn't go to that many. I don't think I only went to one. Went to OAR. We went to Ben Folds. We didn't see Ben Folds this year. Did we? I no. thought we did. We haven't seen him since he was in Cincinnati back in 2021. Really? Yeah, it's been a couple years now. Who else did we see at... Uh, you saw Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. You're right. We didn't... It's just been such a busy year that... Yeah, I don't think I saw any concerts. Wow. No concerts this year. Well, we have some lined up for next year already. Yeah. Yeah, Taylor Swift was really good. Again, with Allie and her, her friends, that was just, it's just random stuff. No, but New York and definitely New York was good. And then Chicago was just you and I reconnecting. It goes back to us reconnecting this year. Where I, Not no, reconnecting. Reconnecting is the wrong word. Yeah, reconnect. Just growing? Yeah, growing. Hitting that next phase of our lives where our kids are getting old enough that we don't have to babysit or be involved in their self-sustaining and we're just us again. Mm-hmm. And that was the kickoff, I thought. Chicago? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before we go on to the next question, you missed a nice black circular label on that bottle over there. I did. What's on that black circle label? It's a 91-point yeah. bottle. Do you know what that means? I did look that up today, by the way. Which, it, it's exceptional. I don't know what 91 points actually means. It's a rating, but it's a th- it's subjective rating. Yes? Hold on. There is definition. So 95 to 100 is classic, a great wine. 90 to 94 is outstanding, a wine of superior character and style, which agreed. 85 to 89, very good, a wine with special qualities. 80 to 84, good, a solid, well-made wine. 75 to 79, mediocre, drinkable wine that may have minor flaws. 50 to 74, not recommended. (laughs) The last wine that we had... Wouldn't even make a fifty for me. Well, for you, but that's that's you. The catch is you never see anybody put a that marker on a bottle if it's not at least ninety. Ninety points and higher put on the bottle. Right. Anything less is not put it on the bottle. I did want to note something about this bottle. I did not note before. It is again a twist top, not a cork. No, it is. You're right. Hmm. What was my best memory of the year? Best. I have like three or four. It's okay. I I wrote down two. Okay. Is it mine first? I'll do one, you do one. I'll do one, you do one. Okay. Okay? My first one is Marta's face when her mom came off the airport. I didn't see her face. I just, oh, my I God. I saw her running from the back, I think, from her backside. It was one of those, like, tears were already spilling over and just... Because <laughs> we had been pacing and waiting and circling in that little, small little area. Columbus Airport is tiny. It's called an international airport. We weren't in Columbus. Oh, in Daytona. Orlando. Or Orlando. But we were in like a little cubby, right? It was like a little alcove. There wasn't a lot of people there. Yeah. It, 
based on where we chose to stand. The Orlando Airport is huge. It, it has is, a ton of but places. but the okay. little place where we were, there was very little people. Yes. Okay. And we were just like pacing back and forth, and kept looking and kept seeing and looking. And when she saw her, I could the face that she made. Oh, I think it was relief and just excitement all spilled into one. It was great. Okay. You have a memory? Yes, yeah, so I'm. I'm going to use two examples because they're the same thing. As as the family historian, or also photographer, I'm frequently capturing these moments when they happen. So one, they're both the same thing, but just different times. One is I captured a picture while we were on our Disney vacation of the kids walking. It's actually bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, really? That bad? <laughs> Only when I said it. <laughs> Holy crap. I don't even know what memory this is, but the way that you look right now with the tears and the, the red face and the, the choking is. Okay. I got the emotions. They're back in a box. <laughs> but I, I captured a picture of all three kids walking together in Epcot. Oh. Right from behind, just knowing that that was one of the last times that was going to happen. And then the same thing in July. I, I captured another picture when we were at the 4th of July fireworks and Allie and Teddy were sitting on the grass together, just and I had fireworks, you know, showing up above their heads and they're always going to be there for each other and there'll be more moments, but it was one of those, you know, these are the last time they're kids because Allie's going off to school and she's starting to evolve into that next phase of her life. You suck (laughs) (laughs) and you're going to hate it, but it's Allie and I making dinner or things for dinner for Thanksgiving, just singing and dancing in the kitchen, talking, making a mess, and it just being real. Those were the, That's a really good memory for me. I can't believe that hit me like that. I can't believe that either, dude. I For reals. This is what happens when you bottle things up. <laughs> you gotta let that box open. Nope, they're back in the box. <laughs> I'm just trying to find that picture real quick before we move forward. I think my favorite... Video from that vacation for Disney is Marta miming the Spanish. Oh my God, you suck. <gasps> you don't recall seeing that picture? And we'll send you that picture, Marta. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your second best memory of the year? I told you what it was. What? It was oh, Allie so you... and I cooking. I that was your first one. Was it mine oh, first? Yeah. What was your first one? My first one was um, Marta seeing my tea. Oh, yeah, yeah. Second one? Okay. My second one was much more personal. It was breaking 20 minutes for 5K back in February. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. 44 years old. I don't feel that old, man. I don't either. I feel younger than I have in years. I mean, it, clearly I value an active lifestyle, but it's just striking to me when people seem amazed at that. My example is we were talking about this at work this week, and I mentioned, oh, yeah, one of my favorite things from this year, because it was, we weren't just talking work-related things, was, hey, I broke 20 minutes for 5K, and we had to pause for a minute and say, wow, that is really fast. I'm like, yeah, thank you. And then it came up later, and I was talking about, you know, how my leadership has evolved this year, and by the way, I'm also coaching hockey, and yes, I can play hockey, and the response was, wow, stay active. Although I haven't been 
as active as I have been in the last year in 10 years. Oh, you're saying this is the most active you've yeah. been in years. Yeah. Any more memories for this year? You said you had a few. Those are the big ones. <laughs> I don't know why the photo got me. <laughs> you I, literally, I, like <laughs> your entire face turned red and instantaneous eyes watering leaking. <laughs> I see it all the time and I think the same thing all the time. It's just saying it out loud was different. Were you embarrassed to tell me? No. I didn't think so, but that's the only difference, right? Yep. All right. I haven't finished my answer for this one. It's going to be tough. Ready? What are three words to describe the past year and why? Oh. I have two words. I need to come up with a third word yet. I'll do one word. You do one word. Okay. okay. Core shaking. That's two words. So what? <laughs> so what's, what's a single word for core shaking? Use your thesaurus. Self-examination. Soul searching. <laughs> reflection. Contemplation. Unglued. Okay, and now let's talk about it. There's the Every, obvious. But... Yeah, everything that I thought I knew about myself was undone. I didn't know I had allergies. Lost a job that I thought I was not going to to have. Quote, unquote, lost two daughters. Or they left my house. They're not living with me anymore. I just completely broke what I thought was my foundational core. It was unglued. The two girls leaving shouldn't be in the unglued category. It is, because getting up every day, who else do I talk to? I, I just... Oh, you didn't talk to them in the mornings? But I talked to them in the afternoons. Yes. Uh, in the evenings, I had dinner, made dinners with them. It just, it just doesn't seem the same anymore. House seems empty. Eventually, it's going to be a great big house. And Maybe just you that's and me. what it is. I've, it's empty, unglued. So similarly... I chose a similar word as my first one, but I think I chose a little nicer one. <laughs> just change, right? So, I mean, you glossed over a, not even gloss, gloss is wrong. You skipped over a big one, but change, yes, the girls left, you lost your job, we put our first family dog down. And menopause. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, literally, my entire person that I knew I was, gone. Not gone. Your entire person is gone. No. Entire self-identity. But the identity that I had as myself completely changed. And you're right. The word is changed. i got to put myself back together. Not put it back together. It's what? uh, Adapt? Move forward? Yeah. Um, Word number two. I can go to my second word if if you're not ready. Yeah, go second word. My second word is injury. (laughs) Yeah. It's I was fighting that stupid Achilles injury for a good chunk of the year. It, it was there at the f- start of the year. I tried to run through it like I do everything else. Finally, after Buck 50 was done, I took a month. No, I, I tried to keep running on it, but lighter miles. Eventually took a month off and then started back slow. Where right now I'm just, I'm ramping my mileage up 10% two weeks in a row and then dropping it back by 40% for a rest week. And then doing it again, 10%, 10%, drop back 40% just to... Make sure I can make it. But this is the stupid second year that I've been injured. I mean, last year I got a lot more miles in. It was better. But last year I was fighting that hamstring injury. <laughs> and that was the running joke at the bar was, how's your butt? Yep. <laughs> injured your butt. Isn't that? That was Josh. Yes, but isn't that also it's Ted Lasso? Yeah, there's there's a quote from Ted Lasso. He's like, oh, you injured your butt. There's nothing to be ashamed about. What episode is that? It's, I don't remember. It's one of the episodes. 
Okay, we're going to have to look it up. All right. Your second word of the year. Gratitude. Okay, gratitude for what? What I do have and appreciating everything that we do have and that's here and hopeful. What's the next things that are coming up that we know that are good? Just everything's not doom and gloom. It's not. Did you did you have gratitude in 2023? Not until recently. Okay. But it changed my outlook over the last two or three months, leaning into that more. And I didn't know I had it until, especially with, like, I'm grateful for what we had with Marta. I'm grateful that we prepared our daughter for what she had. I'm grateful for our health and our family and our friends and our house and there's so many things to be grateful for that I you take for granted that until you recognize that you are actually pretty grateful for them throughout the year, you just need to acknowledge it a little more. All right. My last word, I think, is friendship, right? So what defines me as a person? There's work. Work was fine this year. Nothing special to write home about. There's family, which we talked about a lot with change. There's athletics. And these are things that define me, right? Actually, no, I'm not going to use friendship. I'm going to use coaching. I did. I, I put myself out there in something that's it's a little outside my comfort zone, right? Being in the center of attention and coaching these kids. But it has been a blast. I've been really I've en- good at it. I've enjoyed it. Uh, even so much that, you know, this past week we did, Teddy was mad at me, but we did double practices both nights, right? Ted and I went to practice and then we stuck around to hang out with, you know, the other teams doing their practices. By the way, he doesn't like to be called Teddy in front of people anymore. He likes Ted. He's turned into a little dude, man. He's grown like an inch and a half in three months. Yep. It's been so rewarding to instruct these kids in hockey, which I love so much. I I hope they have learned something from me. I do like that we're doing this together, by the way, as well. We balance each other out. There's been multiple times where you get so wrapped up in the game and watching the game, you forget what's going on on the bench and really leaning into the kids. And Okay. So your third word for the year is talk it out. I talked it out and I came <laughs> upon my word. Really? I did. So, you know, there's been so much change in my life in this year, just going through everything. I'm looking forward to next year based on what I've learned this year. Okay, we're not to next year yet. So I know. Try this. What defines Liz? Right now? What does what, what define what defines Liz period? Yeah. And how did twenty twenty three reflect that? And I'm still trying to find out who I am. I I've started to find out who I am. I've been starting to stand up for myself with friends and work and oh, listening. Just quieting myself, quieting my mind, listening to myself, listening to others before I speak. Is there more context you can add to that? I talk my feelings out. I talk before my brain thinks. Instead of talking, I need to slow myself down and listen more. Listen to you. Listen to Ted. Listen to my coworkers. Listen to my friends more before I pass judgment or speak out because it tends to cause more problems than it's worth. So listening is something I've keyed in lately. I don't know. I just, it's hard to put it in one word. Like I speak quiet. Stoic? You're not stoic. I am not stoic. I'm stoic. Being patient is another one that... Okay. There's two more questions left. We're going to do one, and then I think we're going to go through... I wrote down highlights for the year. Okay. We're going to go through those quickly, not dwelling on each one and discussing it. If I could travel back to the beginning of the year, what advice would I give myself? Is it my turn or your turn? It's up to you. You? 
Mine's pretty easy. I would tell myself how to fix my Achilles injury. <laughs> yes, the muscle scraper. No, well, yes, but I was doing the muscle scraper, right? Oh, so it was I, the dry needling. Uh, no, it wasn't the dry needling. I was doing the muscle scraping, but I was going up and down, and then I was doing icing. I actually got nerve damage on that left Achilles area for a couple months. I, I didn't have feeling down there. I do it. It's still a little tingly, but I have most feeling back. No, we were at my parents. God, it must have been must have been August actually when we were there right before we took Allie to Chicago. But I was uh, I was doing lower miles, so I was good in that regard. I was sitting at their kitchen table, whatever their great room table, and I had my left leg resting on a chair. My calf muscle was resting on the chair, and then I slowly let it drift off the edge. Right, so the edge was on my right side of my left calf, and then it slowly slid over to my left as my calf fell off the chair, and I realized that felt amazing as it was doing that. It sounds painful. It was like a sideways push across the calf muscle, right, with the edge of the chair. And I realized it felt really good, so then I started taking the muscle scraper and using it that direction rather than up and down, and that seems to have resolved whatever tightness binding was going on in my muscle. So one of the things that can happen with your muscles, particularly if you're an athlete that, you know, is working out regularly, is if you, I don't know, if you compress them and you're resting them against things, the muscle tissues can actually bind together and get stuck together. And those form the knots that you're trying to work out with the muscle scraper. Does this have anything to do with how you sit in your desk chair? Oh, it's entirely how I sit. Yeah, I, I cross my legs underneath my chair all the time. So if I could go back to the start of 2023... I would say, we know why, I knew why my Achilles hurt back then, but here's how you fix it. Mm. I know what I would tell you. Okay, please do, because I don't, there's so much that happened this year, I don't know how to. There were a couple moments, this is all career related, but one, we we knew your your area, right? So again, we're, I'm an idiot when it comes to this point, and I don't really care, frankly, because I'm, I like technology way more than finances, but we knew your area was in the hole, specifically from issues, some issues that had happened, right? Right. At the same time, you had a coworker that was looking at leaving, and you convinced them to stay. In hindsight, when your area was that much in the hole, and we knew about it, I should have been convincing you to leave, rather than wait. You're right. I had opportunities. But that goes back to my whole need to fix things. This group was so broken and so... You can't fix a car that is going to crash. I know, but that was just my... I could do it. I'm superwoman. (laughs) Right? It is what it is. Would you consider that your advice you would give to yourself as well, or would you come up with something else? Oh, no, no, no. I absolutely would. Like when you see the ship start... That was it. The ship was starting to go down. We didn't see the signals. We did see the signals, but we... We We didn't recognize the ship was going down. Correct. We saw the smoke. We heard the grinding. Somebody's going to fix it for us. Sure. There's one more question, but we're going to save that for our final sip. Instead, I wrote down my highlights for 2023, and there's like 30 of them. So, Holy crap! Well, yeah, we had some a of really are, big. Gr- we had a big year this year. I mean, some of them, yeah, some of them are little. So I don't want to talk about all of them. Just call them out. We took the girls to the women's reproductive rights protest downtown. It was cold. It was cold. It was also the first protest I've ever attended in my life. Agreed. Allie finished her high school career, including high school theater. And I did want to call out that her posters, at least last we checked, are still up on the wall in the high school, which is unique. We've never seen that happen. Right. But she did such a great job with the posters. I broke 20 minutes for 5K, which we talked about. We had our date night in Cleveland with Chewy and Carrie. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, I, I really like hanging out with them. We need to do that again soon. Yeah. As soon as we get the hockey schedule out for 2024, for Teddy's hockey schedule, we need to send them dates. Like, here's when we can come to Cleveland, or here's when you come down to Columbus. 
Liz played Rochambeau and then we got COVID. <laughs> I don't think that is the order that happened, but that's okay. I think I had COVID and then went and played Rochambeau. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know. You had no idea it was COVID. You were just not feeling your best. COVID hit us. We never talked about that, but I mean, we were down for a week. Oh, at least. There were, I mean, there were three or four days for me where I was, I would get out of bed for an hour or two and I would be back in bed sleeping for an hour or two. Just And it was, if you were in one room, that was the room you were in for 12 hours that day. Yeah. There was no... Yeah, we were, we were really, really good about quarantining from the kids. In fact, none, neither, of our, neither of our kids have ever had COVID. Hmm. We attended Drag Queen Bingo. Yes. Which is surprisingly fun. Uh, we did family vacation to New York, which we talked about quite a bit. Allie got a tattoo. Which I have video of. Mm-hmm. We took Marta to a crew game. Which we have video of. Liz joined Buck 50 as a driver. That we- was amazingly fun. We've never really talked about that. No, but that was so much fun. You do it again this year? Oh, yeah. I've had my Achilles injury, which we've talked about occasionally and just now. We finished the Ale Trail. First time. I mean, it's going to be the last time for a couple of years at least. Went to 37 breweries in Columbus in one year to finish it, I think. Yep. Got a really cool shirt, though. <laughs> sure. We did all that for the t-shirt. <laughs> the girls had prom. Uh, we went and saw Allie's artwork on display at Fort Hayes. I had no idea how good she was until I saw Like, I knew she was good. Yep. Amazing. Allie had her final Westerville North theater show. Breaks my heart. I'm so glad we went for the end, though. We have the video, but her reaction is exactly what I wanted, where she came out all excited with her friends, jumping, cheering, yay, and then she saw us and broke down, right? That let me know that she appreciated that we were there. Talked about this a few times before. We put Carrie down. The thing I like about what happened is the day we put her down, we had a display on the wall where she laid commemorating her, or memorializing, memorializing her is the right word, which was impressive. We are never that fast with anything. No. <laughs> And it, all of our friends were super supportive of the entire thing. Yep. It was pastor time. Allie graduated, right? We went to vaca- or on vacation to Disney with Marta Maiti and Aunt Marta. Sent Marta back to Spain. We had Allie's graduation party. You went to Taylor Swift concert. We had our anniversary evening. We went to Ivan Kane's 40 <gasps> Deuce burlesque yes. show. We've talked about that. Yeah. That was amazing. Got a new puppy. Got back to Bike Club this year. Which we're probably not going to be doing next year. We'll probably switch out of Westerville Bike Club and go to Galena Bike Club. We had our night at Hemmick Farms Brewery. Yeah. Which was a blast. We need to get back up there again. One T and Annie went there for a date night. I wonder if we can get back there in the next two weeks. I bet they're decorated pretty nice for Christmas. I bet. We did our bike ride out in Newark, which we talked about. We had date night on the reservoir. I really liked that. That was probably one of my favorite date nights that we've had in recent years. Yep. We got pizza and... Breadsticks. Well, breadsticks, yes, but you poured half a bottle of wine into a carafe, and I poured two beers, I think, into a carafe. So we did this illegally, not legal, but we got pizza and breadsticks and took our beer and wine and just found a spot on the shore of the reservoir near our house and put a blanket down and had dinner. It was nice and it was quiet. It was was actually really quiet. It was surprisingly quiet, consider there's a major road like 30 yards away. We dropped Allie off at SAIC. You lost your job. We, we went to opening night for the Blue Jackets. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was fun. I don't want to go to the game. I just want to go to the, the shenanigans beforehand. I agree. And then we'll go to one of the local bars and just hang out for the game. Yeah. We did the Chicago trip with Michael, which we talked about. And then you and I have been coaching hockey. Uh, and the last thing I have on here is band bingos. Oh, I love band bingo. 
so one of the things that we started doing with Sherry or brought it up was we're starting to do bingos that support our local high school's band. And it is a bunch of fun because we illegally bring drinks into this band bingo scenario. There's probably good 300 people. But our neighbor is actually the facilitators of that. Our neighbor next door is the facilitator and commentator for the entire bingo. Rob Wait, calls the numbers. Who's Rob? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Rob and Shannon are the people that, that do the band bingos. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So we have a little banter back and forth when he calls some of the numbers out, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, Sherry and myself have been going. This will be our third one. Uh, Michelle joined us this last one, and I believe Julie joined us the one before that. And we may have four to five more ladies join us. We may be able to reserve a table the next time that we go. Goes towards the school, so I don't feel bad spending money or gambling. All right. It's now time for the final sip. What's next year's New Year's resolution? And second... My philosophy on New Year's resolutions is to fail day one. Why? Because I think we put too much stock into this is my resolution for, you know, the next year. I'm going to start on January 1st and I'm going to keep it up and keep going every single day. And I think a lot of the I don't I don't know this, but I think the problem people have is they run into that speed bump or that hiccup where they stop and they miss whatever this is for one day. And it's, well, I failed. I guess I'm done for the year. Oh, it's just iterating on it. So I, I believe in failing day one. Agreed. If, if the new year's resolution is to work out, don't work out January 1st. Because there are going to be days you, that you can't work out or can't do whatever it is the thing you're going to do. Working out is clearly very important to me. I make a point to run a really long ride. Run, run a really long ride. Run a l really long run on December 31st on New Year's Eve. And then you will never see me out on January 1st. Mm-hmm. I refuse to be the person out on the road and people thinking, oh, he's running because it's New Year's Day and there's a New Year's resolution. It's no, I run all the time. So there's my two cents on New Year's resolutions, but I still think they're important. Just fail day one. There's going to be failures. Point is to do better. How about instead of resolution, what? can we say what's our goal for 2024? Okay. I think they're maybe not tightly coupled. They're resolution means something you, you're stopping and doing something new. Instead of saying, I achieved something and I want to do better. Oh, what's my 2024 goal? Mm-hmm. Okay. So my 2024 goal, 145. So your goal is weight loss. My goal is weight loss, but it's specifically 145. And it doesn't mean I have to hit it. It could be I can hit it at December 31st next year. Hey. But there's a lot of that goes along with that weight goal because you have to have good eating habits. You have to have good workout habits. You have to have good mentality. You have to do a lot of things. And a lot of people think it's a one and done when it comes to resolution. Like, I'm only going to focus on eating healthy. No, eating healthy can be a part of it. But if you have a tangible, measurable piece outside of that that says it draws that line in that sand... To me, it seems like it's a little more tangible than just saying this pie-in-the-sky resolution. This came up at work this week, too. I didn't get a chance to say it. It's goals versus objectives. Yes. So a lot of people at work in this group I was having conversation with want to exercise more and lose weight. And we never got around to discussing goals. 
Right. No, no, no. Those are goals, but there's no objectives. Objectives are measurable statements that are quantifiable, not qualifiable. Goals are qualifiable. And that's what most resolutions are, are these like pie in the sky, warm and fuzzy statements that say, oh, I want to be better. What does better mean? I was thinking more accountability. And what does accountability mean? So for me, one of the the keys, and this doesn't really happen so much anymore because I've been better since COVID came in and I've been exercising more. But one of the reasons I would get out of shape and stop exercising before is because I had nothing holding me accountable to do it. I wouldn't have a race booked that I need to go run, which for me is huge with running. I always have the next race booked. Here's what I'm going to be doing that's what I meant when I was thinking of this group at work. That Because those are measurable, tangible things that you can say, this is my line in the sand that says every three months I will have a race. It's, I'm, yes, I'm either going to do this or I'm going to be a quitter, right? Which I think there are a lot of people that don't want to be quitters. But they can be a quitter when there's nothing official holding them to it. Agreed. Right. Absolutely I, agreed. I want to lose weight, but there's no reason I have to lose the weight. So, or I want to run more or exercise more, whatever it may be. There's not, no reason I have to. So, I'm just not going to do it. So, it's a little bit of combination of both accountability and measurability. All right. I think we have had enough wine. We did yours. Did we do mine? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've had enough. I forgot already. I think my 2024 resolution is the same as 2023. I just want to do better. Better at what? Friendships. I want to focus on Mm -hmm. friendships. I want to have deeper, more meaningful conversations. I want to connect more with the people I feel like I'm neglecting. So what does that look like for you? Oh, good. So with with Chris, I'd like to have deeper, more meaningful conversations. With Scott, two Ts, I'd like to have more one-on-one time. And then I'd like to see Kelly more often and have conversation with her. I, th- I assume John is just going to continue while he's going through this. And I'm glad in a weird way. I actually like it that John and ML are together because I get to see ML just outside of work and not have to. Yeah, I didn't want to put this in here. I'm None of that really bothers me. I, I just, after you've been in a relationship for 20 years, I don't think you should be jumping to a relationship right away. I agree. I understand that. But ML hasn't been in a relationship for 20 years. She hasn't had... I'm not talking about her. You know I'm not. I know, but I'm coming from her perspective of she's found a guy that actually has the qualities that I believe she deserves. Okay. Yeah, we need to spend more time with Kelly and the... Well... Not the kids. Yeah, it's it's gotten... I mean, we're gonna. I'm gonna tell this to Kelly next time we see her. Anyway, it's just to see what her perspective with Morgan is. But Morgan and Allie are tired of being forced quotes around that together, and that's fine. That's their choice. I hope they come. I don't know. I hope I, they're I hope, acquaintances I, later in life. I hope they at least stay in touch to some degree because they understand that Chris is important to me, and I was important to Chris. Agreed. So going line two of that, you said more of. What does more look like? One, two more times than you did this year? Yeah, see, I knew the next question was going to be quantifying it. Two more times? Like one-on-one time, not Chris. I'm not, I don't want to, that's not quantifiable. That quote, Chris is we need to sit down and have real conversation. Yeah, agreed. And we need to figure out how to bridge that. Scott had some real conversation. I still think there are secrets there. He doesn't want to. I think if you give him the opportunities or present him with those opportunities, those real moments will come for you. Okay. And so then, we should once or twice a quarter, we should? I think four times next year is a very good starting so once, point. Once a quarter, we should mandate. Yes. 
I think once a quarter is really good for two Ds. I gotta figure out how to get Chris to mandate. He doesn't like to mandate it because Sherry mandates everything. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two def- different definitions. Oh, Sherry plans everything out no. to the T. He has no. no wiggle room. There's there's two different. There's mandate telling oh. people what we're doing, and then there's man date. Two words. Two words. One. Yes, <laughs> two words. That's what I'm saying. I don't think Chris man dates. Oh, yes, he does with Joe. Joe, because Joe lives 10 miles away. What? He does it with Dean. 20, 25 minutes. He does it with one T. Not with one T. They go golfing. That's not mandate. That's a mandate. That's not a mandate. That's a mandate. No. Mandate is let's go have dinner, have drinks, and man, I hope that the, he and Joe have real conversation, but I don't know. I don't know. But it's because he's not seeing those people every week. He's not seeing Dean or Joe every week. True. But the context is different. I would actually really like to take two teas to a local bar for two hours once a quarter. I think that'd be fun. I think it would be fun. And then the challenge with Kelly is, of course, the drive. We got to find a creative way to get together with Kelly and the kids more often. In fact, I'd, I have no problems being transparent with all this, saying, hey, I'd like to connect more. What do you think we should do? Well, that's it for us tonight. Until next time, remember, size matters. Nobody likes a small glass of wine. Well, you tore your butt, son. There's nothing to be ashamed of, okay? <laughs>